Welcome. Good morning, everyone. It is morning, right? I know that daylight savings time. What does that mean? What what is it? What time does it actually feel like right now? It feels like ten thirty-one, which means I have an extra hour to preach this morning. So I hope you guys came ready to hear the word. No, I am very glad to see all of you today. So many guests today too. It's it's always really nice to see. New people we haven't met before, uh, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, yes, we're very glad to have you. If you want to turn in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, there's some on that table in the back. We're going to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10. Um, if you have an e-Bible of some sort, you can turn there with me. We're going to read from Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And I'm going to speak today a message with the title, But One Thing is Necessary. But One Thing is Necessary. One Thing. Alright, so we're in Luke chapter 10. Is everyone there? Show of hands. You there? Or at least it's here? Okay, good. Let's read. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I'm going to say again what Jesus said. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Lord, thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. And thank you for uh, days like this that just remind us of how awesome and creative and good you are to us. Lord, um, Lord just as the, the sunshine washes over us today, I pray that your word would wash over us, Lord. That, that as we come before your word, we would come with open hearts. Oftentimes we come with anxious and troubled hearts, Lord, but I pray that we would leave choosing the better portion today. Father, I pray that you would speak through me or that I would get out of the way because this message is not about me, Lord, it is about you. And it is about you being the center and the focal point and the celebrate the most celebrated part of our lives. And Jesus, I pray these things in your name. Amen. So, this little passage of Scripture, there's not 
a lot of really big things happening. Right? Jesus has a huge ministry going on. He's sending out disciples two by two. Earlier in this chapter, go out, preach the kingdom, heal people, cast out demons. Like some big time stuff, right? And, and Jesus himself is going about from town to town and multitudes are following him. And he's preaching the kingdom of God everywhere he goes. And people, all kinds of people, would, they would come to him with diseases. And it said that over and over he would heal them all. So he would stay until all of them were healed. He was going from town to town and he was preaching. And sometimes he had to fight just to get time alone. Because there were so many people around him. And yet, in God's sovereignty, I love that he does this. In the middle of all of that that was going on, God saw fit to put into his word for all eternity a story about a dinner party and some drama between two sisters. There's a quote from Mark Batterson who says, God is not great just because nothing is too big for Him. God is great because nothing is too small for Him. And in this small passage, Jesus is telling us something great about how we can have a relationship with Him. And He says it like this, One thing is necessary. One thing is needed. And when you look at that, you can't really debate what the thing is. It's not a blob like, well, we need God, and that's the one thing. We need Jesus, or we need salvation, which we need that. But God isn't a thing as a person. What is the thing he's talking about? It's what Mary did, right? What did Mary do? She sat at Jesus' feet. She took the posture of a disciple, hungry for his teaching. She sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. She was with Jesus. She saw the importance of being with Jesus. If I can just be near Him, if I can just be in His presence, if I can hear Him speak to me and I can take in His Word and His teachings on how to live and where true joy is and where true life is, and if I have a question, I'm close enough that I can ask Him and I can hear His answer. To be with Jesus is the one thing. And the thing about the one thing is that it is refreshing. It is encouraging. It is exhorting. It is being in the very presence of God. That is the one thing that Jesus says we need. And this passage is a commentary on different ways that we relate to God. Jesus has come over to their house for dinner. And this passage is about how they react. How do you react when Jesus' presence is in your life? You look at Martha on the one hand. Martha saw the blessing that it was for Jesus to come into her life. And she didn't do bad things. She did good things. What was she busy doing? Serving. Who is she serving? Jesus. That's a pretty good thing, right? (laughs) 
right? And so she immediately sees the value that Jesus himself has come over to my home. So I am going to serve him well. And I'm going to make all the dishes and I'm going to get the best meal together because Jesus is in my house. And so I've got to make myself busy. I've got to prepare. She wanted to present something beautiful, something satisfying to the Lord who was in her house. And so she worked a lot. And then she got busy. And then she got frustrated. And then she realized that she had too much on her plate trying to put something on everyone else's plate. It's too much for her. I can't serve well enough on my own, and my sister is not doing her job. She's not helping me out at all. And so even though she's doing good things, there's not joy in her heart. What does it say is in her heart? She's anxious. She's troubled. She's frustrated, and she goes to the Lord frustrated and anxious and troubled and expects him to agree with her. On the other hand, there's Mary. How do we react when Jesus comes to our home? On the one hand, there's Martha, busy serving him so I can please him with what I can do for him. And then on the other hand, there's Mary. And we don't know too much about Mary. She's mentioned other places in scriptures. But one thing we do know is that when it came to relating with Jesus, she made the better choice. When it came to relating with Jesus, we know that when Jesus showed up at her house, it was so important. It was such a blessing that she would be graced with his presence that she said, I have got to be near him. I've just got to be with him. I know there's things to do. I know that we have to serve him a meal. He's not going to go hungry. But before any of that, I have to be with him. I have to be near him. I have to hear his word in my life. She wanted to be with Jesus most of all. Even if it meant not being the best host, even if it meant not fulfilling the roles that others thought she should be doing, i.e. her sister, She wanted to be with Jesus most of all. And instead of correcting Mary when Martha asked Jesus to do it, he didn't correct her, he applauded her. She has chosen the better portion and it will not be taken away from her. So I ask you today, which are you when it comes to Jesus' presence in your life every day throughout the week? Are you Martha? Are you more like Martha? Are you more like Mary? Are you Martha or Mary? I don't think we can just be one. I'm a Martha. I'm a Mary. Um, I don't think we can just be one, but I feel like as, as disciples, there's times that we go through different kind of phases where sometimes I'm more like Mary and I'm, I'm more appreciating the presence of God and I'm, that's the number one thing in my life. And other times I get caught up in serving and what I can do for the Lord and all the things that I need to do in my life that I feel like I'm doing to serve the Lord, but I can get frustrated and anxious with those. Anyone? Yeah. Are you Martha or Mary? Do you strive to please God, to earn His acceptance by how well you can serve Him in your home, with your life? How well you can have your stuff together for Jesus? Or are you like Mary, 
Do you choose first to be with Him and to hear His ways and then let Him change your life from there? So I think, I think we're a little bit of both. I think most of us have. If we have a relationship with God, there's different times for different things. But I'm speaking today as a recovering Martha, <laughs> learning to be more like Mary. And I believe that today I don't have to convince you to not be Martha and to be more like Mary. I believe I'm speaking to some recovering Marthas who want to learn to be like Mary and enjoy the presence of God. Am, am I right there? Okay, and so today as I'm speaking, my, my goal is not that I have a crowd of people who don't want to spend time with the Lord and I have to convince them. <laughs> That's not it. Today the message is people who want to spend time with the Lord and do from time to time, but know that is, an ama- that is the one thing I need and I want you to hear freedom in enjoying that today. Because if we don't latch on to it, if we don't latch on to this truth today in this passage, our lives in this church will be marked by busyness and burnout and not much fruit, real fruit. But if we do live in the truth today, we'll find rest, we'll find satisfaction for our souls and a lot of fruit. So, today I'm preaching to you, you recovering Marthas, from a recovering Martha. I'm going to preach to you what Jesus spoke to Martha in about two sentences. Except I'm going to take more than two sentences. Sorry. I'm not as good of a preacher as Jesus. I know a lot of you guys are wondering, but... (laughs) But, from the words of Jesus... I'm going to focus on three main points. First of all, a word to consider. Second of all, a word of necessity. And third of all, a word for right now. Everyone with me? Number one, a word to consider. Number two, a word of necessity. And number three, a word for now. So a word of consideration. Martha comes to Jesus Or rather, Martha opens up her home to Jesus. He comes in to be with them and to relate with them. We know from other portions in Scripture that Jesus loved this family. And Martha is just glad to be hosting him and wants to serve him to the best of her ability. And so she pours herself into her work immediately to serve the Lord, doing good things. Understand this passage is not between one good thing and a bunch of bad things. But it's between a bunch of good things and what Jesus says is a better thing. Right? And so she is serving Jesus and she's giving herself to it. And she's getting busier and busier preparing the meal. And then she realizes that there's too much going on for her to be able to do it in quite the way that she wants to. There's, there's too much to do. Right. And so as she as she continues to work, all of a sudden her mind goes into that. And she's instead of being fully given to her work, she's beginning to get frustrated about her work. Right. And then as she's frustrated and anxious, she begins to think, well, what about my sister who's over there in the other room with Jesus sitting down 
on the floor. She better act right. (laughs) Get in here and help me in the kitchen, right? And so as she's busy, she's frustrated, she's anxious, and she has enough of it. And she decides, you know what? I'm going to go to the one who can fix this. I am going to go to Jesus. I'm going to go to the Lord and share with him my frustration. And so she runs in, distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. The commentators say that the Greek words there show that her question reveals that she intended the Lord to agree with her. Like she believed that and expected that Jesus would agree with her. And so she says, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are so right. Mary, get off the floor and go help your sister. We wouldn't have much of a story there, would we? Get off the floor and go help your sister serve me better. (laughs) She was doing things. She was doing the right thing. She was doing her job. But when Jesus responds to her, He challenges her priorities. You see that? He acknowledges that she's frustrated. What does He say? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But. Vince used to preach and say, everyone has a but. But God's but is bigger than your but. <laughs> I love these passages in Scripture where He'll lead you a certain way. And then Jesus says, but. <laughs> so He hears her frustration. He knows how her heart is. And He says, but. One thing is needed. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better portion, and it will not be taken away from her. I know you're frustrated, but you're missing what's important. I know you're anxious, but consider where your priorities are right now. The same can be said to us. A word of consideration. All the things that you fill your life with. All the good things that we have to do. Whether it's a job or time with our family. Or things with our gospel community. Or different meetings throughout the week. Endless. We live busy lives. Do we not? Yeah? Anyone? Yeah, I, I do. I think we do. Here in our culture, we live really busy lives, tons of things going on. And if we're not careful, that can lead to a lot of anxiety and a lot of frustration. And we can be overwhelmed. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. And when we... I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you can take that feeling of being overwhelmed and frustrated and anxious. And then you bring that to the Lord... Say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get all this, all this stuff that I'm doing for you. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Can't you? Aren't you frustrated about this too? 
Aren't you anxious too? Didn't you just give me too much to do? Right? Anyone? We bring our frustration, our anxiety, and our feelings of being overwhelmed to God and, and somehow expect Him to fully agree. Like, yeah, you're right. And I'm not saying that... Please don't misunderstand me. But what Jesus' response to her is, is her response to us. Consider your priorities. When, when Jesus wants a relationship with you, is it more important what you can do for Him or what He has done for you? Is it more about you performing and getting everything in your life together? All the different things, all the different plates that are spinning, you making sure that each one of those is on point so you can offer to Him this perfect and beautiful meal and He can be so pleased with your life. Look at Kenny, look how great he has it together. I just love going over to his house. Is that the point of having a relationship with Jesus? Or is it we have a relationship because of his performance on our behalf? Right? What that's the gospel. It's not about what we can do to serve Jesus in ourselves. It's what Jesus has done to serve us. That when we were dead in our sins, God made us alive in Christ. All our acts of righteousness are like filthy rags before Him. And yet, He took on all our sin on the cross and died and poured out His blood so that we could be forgiven and then was buried and rose again on the third day so that He could give us life. Woo! Mm. You got served. Not by me, by Jesus. That was not in the notes, I promise. Mm. We come to Jesus with, I'm too busy, there's too much to get done, there's no way I can do it all. Or with our finances, there's not enough, my budget isn't working out quite right, and I'm frustrated about that God, and I think you should be too. As if He doesn't know how much we're going to make this month. As As if He doesn't care about every sparrow that falls. He does, and He does care about you, and He's promised to give you everything you need for life and godliness and every bit and every amount of grace for what you need right now in your life. And He just wants you to enjoy being with Him. He doesn't mean it wants you to sit down and do nothing. <laughs> but in everything that you do, there's one thing that is necessary above all that. And if you come, if you, if you are giving, if you're laying down your life, as, as an offering to God, which we should be, but if you're overwhelmed by all the things that you feel like God has required of you to do, what does the meme say? You're doing it wrong. If you're overwhelmed, as we so often get overwhelmed, Jesus doesn't come to us and say, yeah, you're right. He says, I know you're overwhelmed, but there's one thing necessary, and that's what most, is most important. It's to be with me. Amen? <clears throat> more important than more important than what we could ever do for Christ is what Christ has done for us. Does it make sense? 
more important than anything we could offer to Him is what He has offered to us, which is life when we were dead. Feeling it. (laughs) God is so good. A lot of times we get that wrong. Or we, we just fall into the trap of that what we can do for Him and for His kingdom and what we can do for Him in our lives is more important than... That that's the most important thing. But Jesus Himself said in the last day, there's going to be people that said, Lord, did we not prophesy in Your name? Did we not cast out demons in Your name? And do many mighty works in Your name? And then He says, I will declare to them, I never knew You. Depart from Me. One thing is needed. When we come to Him with anxious and frustrated hearts, He gives us hope. He doesn't just agree with us. Yeah, you're right. You should be really anxious. I gave you too much. He gives us hope. He challenges. He has asks us to consider our priorities. The next thing, a word of necessity. So we talked about a word of consideration. The next thing is a word of necessity. When Martha comes to Jesus... His answer was, Martha, Martha, said with a lot of love and affection for her, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better portion that will not be taken from her. Jesus says that this one thing, taking time to prioritize being with Him and hearing His Word in our lives, that that is Necessary. Everyone say necessary. necessary. That this one thing is a matter of necessity. He doesn't say, you're worried and anxious about many things, but one thing is highly suggested. <laughs> or one thing comes very highly recommended for a good relationship with me. It says one thing is necessary. What's the thing about something that's necessary? Or what happens if you don't have... What happens if you don't have food? Yes. Which makes it necessary. (laughs) You got to have it. And, And a lot of times we'll even forgive people for crimes of necessity, right? It's wrong to steal, right? Is it always wrong to steal? Yes. But we would forgive someone if they were about to die and they stole bread, wouldn't we? I hope, I hope some of you guys would. Hopefully you just give them bread. I mean, come on. Goodness, I need to preach on a different topic. Whew. No, but we would make excuses for crimes of necessity because we know that if you do not have that, you are going to die. If you do not have that, it is not What you are trying to accomplish, which in that case would be live, is not going to work because you don't have the necessary things. Jesus says that this one thing of prioritizing your relationship with Him, this one thing of being with me and sitting at my feet and listening to my word is necessary. And who is the authority on everything that is good for the human soul? Mm, I thought someone was going to say Oprah. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, the one who created the human soul. And here he is, Jesus himself, 
He's not saying what you're doing is bad, but this thing, you can do a lot of really good things, but this thing is you need. You need it. It's not just a great recommendation. It's not just 4.5 stars on Amazon. You need this. There are tons of good things we get involved in. There's tons of things that we have in our lives with the goal of living in Jesus' ways, right? With the goal of producing fruit. We want to have lives that bless others, right? Anyone else? We all do. If if you've been changed by Christ... He has called you into a new life where God blesses you so that others can be blessed through you. And so we all have this goal in our lives. Like, I know I'm not just living for myself. There needs to be fruit. Jesus reiterates this point in, uh, in a different passage in John 15, which it's, it's very familiar. You've probably heard it before, but John 15, 4 through 6, Jesus speaking says, Remain in me or abide in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Next verse. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But <laughs> apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do a lot of great things and really make a dent in the world. No, apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus gives this vivid example of a vine and branches. So where does the fruit show up? On the branches, right? All right, so wait, there's vine. Sorry, I'm I'm working out this uh, visual metaphor here as we speak. So there's a vine and then there's a branch and then the fruit is out here and someone could benefit from that fruit by walking up to it and, and taking it. But in order for the branch to bear fruit, it has to get nutrients, right? And can it do that on its own? No, it has to be connected to the vine. And Jesus is saying in the same way, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. All you got to do is stay connected to me and you will bear tons of fruit. But just like a branch can't bear fruit apart from the vine, apart from me, there ain't no fruit. No fruit's going to come from it. You know what's ironic in our lives? I do this all the time. We fill our lives with busyness with the goal of producing fruit. The things I add to my life, I think this is what God's going to use to produce fruit. And I get so caught up in the things that are going on in my everyday life that I start to neglect and then start to forget about and then start to drop off the whole part about being connected to the vine. 
Oh, what was that thing? Oh, yeah. Stay abiding in you. <laughs> Anyone? Am I on my own here? Or? Okay. Okay. Well, we have good news. We have good news. That that fruit we're longing for is not in what we can concoct in our minds or what we can build up or our own actions to produce fruit. It's in abiding in Jesus. It's in making time in our lives to make being with Jesus a priority. Being with His Word and letting that wash over us. Asking Him questions and letting the Holy Spirit guide us into truth. That... Staying in Jesus is what's going to produce fruit in our lives. Amen. Apart from that, apart from Jesus, we can fill our lives with all sorts of activities. We can completely have our schedule full, even of ministry things or discipleship meetings. But apart from being connected to Jesus, it's fruitless. Absolutely fruitless. He says nothing. If we're not connected to Him, it's not worth it. But if we are connected to, with Him, there's a lot of fruit. Have you guys ever experienced that? Where maybe you're, you're, you're you have a you have a full schedule and there's a lot of things going on and you have great intentions and and you're giving your your time to other people and serving others and you're really pouring into your gospel community. Or the other people in your life and you're, you're trying to disciple other people. But then you feel that, that that personal time with Jesus every day wanes and kind of falls off by the wayside. Then what, what happens? Burnout. What happens is you start to act like Martha. <laughs> and you get frustrated and anxious and I can't believe that person over there is not even doing their job. Don't you see there's work to be done? Quit enjoying the Lord's presence and help me over here. It's really fun. This is what God really wants you to do. Be really busy. Trying to please Him. No. 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 A thousand times no. On the flip side, have you experienced that? That when you are connected with Jesus, when you take time to nurture that relationship with Jesus, when you take apart time of your day and set that apart and say, this is time when I am with the Lord. We're always with the Lord, but this is time where I shut out all the other uh, distractions and I let His Word speak to me and I pray and I ask Him questions and I commune with the Lord. Have you found it to be true that all of a sudden you have, it almost seems like there's boundless energy for the rest of the day. Is it? I've got one amen right there. Can I get another? Can I get another? Now or two, but two. I can't. Auction. Auctioneer. It's really bad. It's counterintuitive. I can't speak. Counterintuitive, isn't it? Once again, I'm not preaching that we all just need to sit all day in the Lord's presence and no, have no action. But just a reminder today that the one thing that we need more than all the other good things in our lives is to be with 
Jesus. To abide in Him. To let Him abide in us. To hear His teachings. He speaks to us through His Word and through the Holy Spirit in our lives. To make time every day to be reminded of who we are in Christ. To be reminded of how He has served us and come into our home, as it were. That out of all the things that Jesus has going on, that He's come into my life. That He's great, not just because nothing's too big for Him, but because nothing's too small for Him. That Jesus makes much of being with you. He knows what's best for you, and He says, this is what you need. So Jesus has a word for consideration, a word of necessity, and finally a word for right now. The good news, part of the good news in this message Jesus says, one thing is necessary. It's immediate. It's right now. You need it right now. Martha comes to him in that moment, busy working to serve him and overwhelmed with all of it. And she comes very frustrated and she comes very anxious and she feels like Mary's not doing her job. She feels wronged and she comes to him and he says one thing is necessary. That we need that right now, regardless of where you are in your life, regardless of how frustrated or how anxious or how overwhelmed this week may have been. Which I've talked to a few people and I know it's been a very overwhelming and frustrating week for a few people in this room. So I know that at least someone in here is getting hope from this. Jesus is a better portion and He is available right now. He's as close as the mention of His name. Right in the middle of her frustration, He says, you need this now. It is needed. Mary has chosen it in the past and it won't be taken from her in the future. You need to be with me right now. Being with Jesus, listening to His teaching is not something you have to wait on. It's not something that you've already missed your opportunity on and you have to build it up like it's scalable. It's available to you right now. The peace, the joy, the life that's offered in Christ is available to you right now as you open up yourself to Him. Whatever you're going through this week, however busy you are, whatever has filled your schedule, what you need most is Jesus. And in the heat of the battle, when you feel most anxious, you don't have to wait till you feel less anxious to call on Him. You can call on Him right there in that moment. Because that's when He wants to speak to you most. Because that's when you need it most.
can make room in your life in that moment to be still with Him and listen to His Word. Why? Because the better portion is available to you right now. The better part, the better portion. A few commentaries say that Jesus is is making a kind of a play on words with the food around the meal that Martha is preparing, right? Because, so they say that the, that word thing can also be translated as dish, as in a dish of food. And so Martha comes, she's distracted with much serving, and Jesus says, I can see that you are frustrated and anxious about many things, about many dishes, but only one thing, one dish is needed. Mary has chosen the better portion, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, about the better portion, in that day, the guest of honor, like, they would have, when, when someone would come over, like a guest of honor, they would bring special food, whether it was a meat dish or something like that, that they wouldn't have all the time. They didn't have, like, in and out fresh, not frozen beef on the interstate. You know, they didn't have hamburgers every day. Well, not at all. I don't think they were invented yet. But... When someone special would come over to your house, you would have a special dish, right? That would be, it was a special celebration, right? And for the guest of honor, they got the biggest portion of the special dish. And so Jesus, in effect, is saying to Martha, like, who who would be the guest of honor in this situation? Jesus, right? I think we agree, yeah. He would be the guest of honor. But through what Jesus has said, he's actually saying that Mary has taken that better portion because the portion is himself. Says Martha, you're worried about all these other dishes and and juggling all these things and making sure it all comes together right. But I'm here to tell you that one dish is needed. I'm the bread of life, he says in John. If anyone comes to me, he's not going to be hungry again. You're worried about all these other things that have to come together and you have to do to please me, but I'm here to tell you, I'm the main dish. And your sister Mary, she chose the portion that was for the guest of honor because she chose to be with me. She has chosen the better portion and it will never be taken away from her. A word for right now is that Jesus is offering the better portion to you in Christ. That not only is He asking you to question your priorities when you're frustrated and anxious and overwhelmed, and not only does He know what you need, but He's saying it's available to you in Jesus Christ right now. You can have that better portion. You can partake in the bread of life. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen, amen. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better portion and it will not be taken from her. We're going to make some time, make some room right now in our gathering for you in this moment to choose that better portion now. And I know I'm not talking to people who haven't spent time with the Lord Or maybe I am. Maybe it's your first time to hear this message of the hope and joy that can be found in the presence of Jesus. And I invite you to partake of that bread of life. I invite you to do as the Bible commands and say, to 
to confess your sin and to bring it to Jesus and say, I know what you did on the cross was for my sin and that you rose again, that God rose you again, never to taste death again so that I could live eternally in your presence. And you are invited to partake in that bread of life today. And if you already have, you're still invited to partake in that bread of life today, now. If you've had the best week that you've had all year, you're invited To make Jesus your better portion right now. If you've had the worst week that you've had in your life. You're invited to make Jesus the better portion right now. And we're going to take time. The musicians are going to come up. I'm going to pray. And we celebrate that with communion. We do have bread as it were and wine. Where we celebrate Jesus' body broken on our behalf. For our sins and His blood poured out so that we could be forgiven. And I'm going to invite you to do that as we sing songs of worship and just respond to the Lord. And I pray that you would be encouraged to make time in every day to cultivate cultivate that relationship with the Lord. And to know that you are making time for the one thing that your soul really needs to be with Jesus to hear His teaching, to live in and abide in Him. Amen? Let's pray. Hmm. Father, these words today are not unfamiliar to us, Lord. Or the feelings of being anxious, Lord, in our day or or frustrated or worried about things all coming together. Or we're not unfamiliar with that. But Lord, even more so, I pray that we would be familiar with your presence. Lord, I pray that as a people, that as a culture in this new city church, Lord, that... That more than being known of a people who are extremely busy about your work and probably heading towards burnt out about your work. That instead of that, God, we would be a people who prioritize what you say matters most, Lord, in our walk with you. That is to be with you. Lord, that apart from being with you, apart from abiding in you, we can do nothing and it will amount to nothing, God. And I pray that we would hear that and be refreshed and be freed. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would renew hearts as we spend some time in worship. God, I pray that as we partake in communion, we would rejoice that you have offered yourself as the better portion for our lives, God. Lord, that we can be freed from the burdens that we place on ourselves. We'd be freed from the expectations that we have for ourselves that we expect you to have. And then we come to you and say, You tell us, you tell us what's really important, God. I pray that that would ring true in someone's heart today, Lord, and we trust that your word will not return to you void. In Jesus' name.